And tonight, it's about UNC basketball. Let's go. Page into the front court with four seconds. Page to the rim. Got, got it, good. got it. Nine tenths of a second to go. The black, the tie, 18. Shot, Jordan, Michael Jordan, 14 seconds. Too strong on the shot. That's it. 19, 24. Hello, welcome to the Tar Heel Show. My name is George, also known as the British Tar Heel. I'm your host. Today, I am joined by 2009 national champion, an overseas player who's played in more countries than most of us have ever been to. My guest today, Justin Watts. How you doing, bro? How you doing, man? May, thank you for your time. Really, really appreciate it. We connected a little bit over the summer uh, while you were out in the Netherlands last year. So um, really, really do appreciate your time. You have quite the social media presence so it will be good to talk about some of the stuff that you've been up you've been doing in your career and you've had a heck of a career which is literally take you you're a globe trier okay right. you are a, you are a Tar Heel globe trier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are a durham globe trotter bro and um right. you've got lots of stories i'm sure so basically today how it's going to look is we're going to go from from durham north carolina to chapel hill to the rest of the world. And then we're going to talk about the current guys back in Chapel Hill as well. Does that sound all right? Sounds all right, man. All right. So being from Durham, North Carolina, who was your team as a kid? Um, it was, it's always been the Tar Heels, but um, I think around seventh grade, maybe. Yeah. I uh, made that decision. I went to a – my dad took me to a McDonald's All-American game at Duke. Okay. And uh, this is when – um, I may have been sixth grade actually, but uh, Jason Williams was at Duke. He was playing at the time. Yeah. And Jawad Williams was in the game. He was a high, senior high school. All right. He was committed to Carolina. Um, at this point, I didn't I didn't know anything about Carolina and Duke truly. Although I'm you know from here, my first sport was soccer. So okay. uh, I picked up basketball late. Um, I even played a little baseball before basketball. So. My dad was, like, introducing me to basketball at this point, I guess. Nice. Um, and I remember um, Jason Williams, I tried to get his autograph. And me and Jay are cool now. Like, this is <laughs> – goes way back. But, you know, now that we're both adults, we're cool. Um, I love Jay. But um, I went to go get his autograph. And, like, he had signed so many autographs at the time. And now I understand, too, when you're in college and you're signing, you're signing. Eventually, you got to tell someone, no, I got to go. Yeah, I just yeah. happened to be that kid, right? Okay, okay. So I've stood in line, and uh, when I finally get up there, he's like, hey, man, I got to go. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? What's up, right? Yeah. Um, so Jawad was playing in the game, and after the game, in the McDonald's All-American game, you're allowed to go on the floor, get the player's autographs or whatever. But Jawad had broke his nose in the game. All right. And um, I had got everyone else autograph, and he had came back out, and he had, you know, his nose, you know, bandaged up, tissue stuck in it because it was bleeding. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to just ask him for it. You know what I mean? Like, at this point, I don't know Carolina nor Duke, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And when I asked him for it, he didn't have a pen. Okay. Um, so with a broken nose, he still went and found me a pen. Wow. Came back, signed my autograph, signed my McDonald's All American book. And um, ever since then, I've like, yo, I like the Carolina guys better okay. than the Duke guys. That's and that's truly why I'm a Carolina. And that's epic. That is a great story. Gerard Williams, he's he's come on the show. He is one of the nicest guys like I've ever yeah. been able to speak with. Me and he's Gerard so, are super close now. He's he's a good guy. He did the same thing guy. for my younger brother as well at a Carolina camp. So he's just a great guy, all around great guy. Yeah. Great oh mate. Oh mate, that's awesome. Okay, then. So I guess when when Carolina came calling, was it quite easy? Because I believe um, I've heard you say before that you recruited by a lot of ACC schools. So there was there's quite a few people recruiting you. When Carolina came calling, was it a no-brainer, or did you still have to think about it? Um, initially, it was it was it was a back and forth. Initially, when they offered, it was like, oh yes, no, don't think about it. And then it was, hold on, let's think about it. Okay. Because these guys, you know, at the time, um, they were loaded. Yeah. Just went to the to the NCAA championship game and or Final Four and lost. Um, all the guys were kind of on the fence. We don't know if we're coming back. You know, we don't know if we're staying. Um, so I was like, hold on, let's think about it because you do have some other options to where you can go and, mm-hmm. you know, have an opportunity to play on TV as well. But then after I thought about it, and a couple other things happened. Um, so South Carolina, um, I enjoyed them. And I had a couple guys from high school that played football that were going there. Okay. So I said, oh, it's not going to be that bad of a transition. Um, and it's kind of close to home. It's not too far away, but I can get away from home. And it, it's kind of like I'm at college, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but then Dave Odom retired. So the guy who recruited me, it was like, he's gone. Wow. Why would I go somewhere where a coach didn't necessarily recruit me? I still have a scholarship on the table, but I wasn't recruited by you. So anything can happen, right? Yeah, of course. And then uh, same thing with Illinois and the same thing with California. And Stanford with Johnny Dawkins. So it came down to, you know, stay close to home and be with a winner or yeah. go to these other schools who at the time, you know, University of Georgia, they're SEC, but they're not winning. They're like, they were like two and 16 in the conference before. Yeah. Um, so it was an opportunity. I had talked to Coach Williams after, you know, initially he offered and then we kind of ran it down back and he said, you know, well, Wayne's about to leave. You know, Ty is going to leave. You're going to have opportunity to, you know, step in um, and do, you know, what you need to do if you do it correctly to, to get on the floor at Carolina. And at the end of the day, it's Carolina. Everybody's watching you. I mean, you're across the water right now. And you of course. have your whole room decked exactly. out of Carolina. So. Exactly. <laughs> um, eventually, as far as, like, the the longevity part of it, getting a degree from a certain school. Yeah. Uh, my mom talked about that a lot. Um, it was other schools that, you know, prestigious schools, no offense to them. But uh, just the stigma that comes along <laughs> with uh, the University of North Carolina was kind of a no-brainer. After I initially had the opportunity and then kind of like reality set in and then, hold on, let's actually think about it to make a logical decision. Um, so that's how I ended up. Mate, mate that's great. And the thing is, with Carolina, it's not, it's, we say it all the time, you don't just go for the four years. Um, right. And it offers so much, doesn't it? Like it is, it's one of the best universities in the States. So to receive a degree from such a prestigious university, some Carolina family, and um, yeah, mate, that's, 
that's a yeah you made the right decision for sure right and we obviously made the right decision because your freshman year you're a national champion correct all right so you played with potentially a lot of people say it potentially the greatest unc team of all time and this is which i'm not gonna argue right um my question to you is from that team from all those players you were a young 18 year old kid what did you learn in that experience that you've taken in your basketball career i was actually 17 because i I you were were 17 oh wow i I graduated when i was graduating i was turning 21 Oh, wow. You were very young then. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, at 17 coming in, uh, I mean, just being around those guys uh, and they were all about business, you know, it was. Yeah. They they were coming back for one thing and one thing only. Um, and then obviously all the, the upperclassmen uh, had goals of playing in the NBA. So these guys were handling um, the college season as professionals would handle a professional mm-hmm. season. Um, so I had to learn quick. Um, it taught me how to be a professional very early in everything you do. Um, how to never take a night off. How to, you know, make sure, you know, just consistency. Every day we need to take a step forward, whether it's a a baby step or, a, you know, a giant step. We don't need to take any steps back. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the main thing I learned. And I still use till today, just consistency equals success. Let's keep you know, chipping away, chipping away, whether it's a big chip or a small chip, um, we need to be doing something to to progress from what we did yesterday. Mate, that's great. That's what you put on your Instagram story today as well, right? Yeah, life lessons. There you go. Yeah, I appreciate that. We're going to talk more about that later on, these life <laughs> lessons. I like those. I like those. We'll talk, we'll talk more about that later. But um, you're right. You played with some guys who are the most professional hard workers. Tyler Hansborough is yes. the he's, – he's, he's – another level isn't he um i had tyler come on the show and we spoke about just his he was just he just went for it he just went for it non-stop so great 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 role model psycho t for sure okay now in that championship game freshman year you were the one who scored the final two points okay so um it could be like a a, uh what's that tv show in america jeopardy so yeah it was a a jeopardy question okay brilliant (laughs) so um basically my question is obviously final points last points win whatever you want to say i know the carolina family you guys always go at each other um especially 2005 2009 2017 you always like to have that competitive rivalry how many times do you bring it up that you scored the final points oh i never bring it up never bring it up (laughs) i never bring it up uh it's more of just uh us as a whole you know, yeah. when, whenever I talk about the 09 team or the, someone talks about the 05 team, um, it's kind of understood, you know, we, we respect each other, tremendous respect. You know, I respect the 05 team. Um, the 05 team respects us. 93 team, George Lynch, them and Montreux. Like, everybody respects everybody. So when we, we talk about it, it's not like, oh, well, you know what I would have It's kind of like, what are you going to do to stop my my teammate here? Yeah, what are you yeah, doing yeah, to stop yeah. Psycho? What are you doing to stop Ty? And then, you know, 05 is like, well, who's going to stop Raymond? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And who's gonna st- so it's a mutual respect that, that I never have to bring it up. Um, I never would even think about bringing it up. Um, it's just kind of like a group thing. Like, I'm, I'm solely, you know, talking and bringing this up to you. And I'm not leaving out any guys on this 09 team when I'm talking. Mate, that's brilliant. 
I um I've had a few 05, a few 09 guys come on the show and they they talk about it. They say usually it's the 17 guys who are trying to stir the pot a little bit. They say yeah, some I mean, of the youngins. Uh, uh 17, you know, stirs the pot, but all of us stir the pot, you know. Um rightfully all of us are champions. Um so I you, you know, you can't disrespect the champion, you know. Of course. Of course. Um, so all you can do is really stir the pot just to kind of like <laughs> because I can't discredit anything um, and say, you know, well, your our championship is better or this or that. You can't do that. You just got to respect it. Um, and it's just healthy conversation. That's all it is, really. When I had, uh, where to say, when Marcus came on the show, uh, Marcus Page came on the show, obviously he was so close and didn't get it. And um, he chats with Theo when, when he plays pickup with Theo. Theo is a wind-up merchant and oh, basically yeah. and he'll be like well I got the, I start I got a championship I got, right. I got a, and he's just a wind-up so it sounds like a really nice like culture that you guys have just having fun and competitive competitive culture yes especially during the summer is when of course the championship get, gets you that little that edge to where yeah you, yeah yeah uh, talk a little smack <laughs> get a couple more fouls than you normally would get so um, and, you know, it starts um, because the, the 05 guys, when we came in, when they played pickup, they, they would, you know, say, oh, well, our ball. No one knows who it went out on. Well, our ball because, you know, we got one of those. Yeah, points yeah, yeah. So you're, you're working so hard to try to – you're so caught up, actually, in just what's happening in the summer that you're like, I need to, I need to be able to say I have one of those. So wow. um, it's kind of like a psyche that like is an unwritten psyche that a lot of people don't understand um, because when Theo and them were playing as freshman, sophomore, junior, until they won one, we would tell them that when I came back or when, you know, Zeller's playing, it's like, no, our ball, it went out. No, it didn't. Well, yeah, it did. It's our ball. We got a, a banner. And they're kind of like, man, I can't wait till I can say, you know, point up there those banners and say it's my ball. And now they got one, so that's why he probably does that with Marcus. And uh, he's, you know, probably doing it uh, next summer. Like, it's going to continue. Of and course. Then one another, those group of guys will be able to do that. So um, it's kind of like stirred up. As soon as you get on the, the campus and, and play your first pickup game, you realize, like, okay, I need to get a banner so I can be able to talk a little more trash. <laughs> Mate, that sounds that sounds like good fun. Real good fun. Okay. Now we spoke about a few Carolina guys just then. Um, Carolina family, very, very strong. It's was worldwide known in, in basketball. Who do you stay in touch with the most now? Uh, probably John Henson, just because yeah. we were that's my guy for one. Uh, we we kind of just jailed from from day one. Um, and he was my roommate uh, yeah. while I was there. Uh, so uh Probably, probably Henson. Then after that is a close second. Um, probably a a two A two B type is uh, probably Barnes and Ginyard. Um, yeah, me and Marcus uh, are pretty close. Uh, we we were close when he was there. Uh, our mothers are pretty close. Nice. Um, we played you know overseas against each other. Uh, been in the same country in Poland a, a couple times and yeah. hung out after games and stuff. So. Um, probably Ginyard and, and, and HB, uh, Harrison, um, just because Harrison was a freshman when I was a senior, uh, kind of just took a liking to him, took him under my wing, you know, uh, hit the gym together. 
uh, have stayed in contact, you know, just throughout. So that's probably the, the top three. Not to say, you know, other guys are close to um, – if if this is one, then two A and two B are like here, and then you got three, and then four, and then five, and then six, seven, eight, nine. You know. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But those are probably the, the top three for sure. Mate, fair. I saw on your Instagram yesterday you were out with John yesterday, weren't you? Uh, I wasn't out with him. I was actually here, but uh, we post old things sometimes. Okay, just so, uh, it kind of looks like we're doing something most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time when we post, we're not doing anything, honestly. <laughs> all right. All right. Good to know. Um, Mark, yeah, Marcus. Marcus is a great guy. Obviously, you both, I was going to bring that up actually in Poland because he spent a lot of time in Poland as well. Um, so I didn't actually realize you guys went up against each other. Um, yeah, we nice. 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 Okay. Won or lost, but we played against each other. Fair. Fair. All right, so I actually have a question, and it is from a former teammate, actually. Um, so this is going to be my first question for someone else. And it is from Baden Jackson, formerly known yeah. as Strickland. All right? So he – okay, it's not really a uh, question. I got Strick. He's up there too, man. He's up He's, there too. Mate, what a guy. What a guy. Okay, so it's not even a question. He texted me earlier today. It's not a question. He said he's got a statement for you. And I already know the statement. You already know what it's going to be. <laughs> and he said, see if you can elaborate on it. Or we'll see. So the the statement is from Badem: When he sees an opening, he's going in for the kill. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, um, did also, he did also say in the message: There's some things he can't say because you'll get in trouble. So is that another one of those? Or uh, well, I mean, it's is it's it's a statement that just you can use it for a lot of things, you know. Um, he 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 says it in a variety of ways. So I mean, he okay. sees opening. He's going in for the kill. Um, we're about to go play in a game, and you know, big time game. He's like, you know, if I see an opening, I'm going in for the kill. Which I'm going in to slam it on somebody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see an opening, I'm going in for the kill, son. Like, but at the same time, you know, like it could also mean just like an opportunity in general. Um, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Like. Um, but it also can mean, you know, we're out and, you know, like when we were younger and, you know, he's talking to a, a girl or something, he's like, yo, man, I see. I'm, 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 I'm. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, I don't think anything yeah. that's associated <laughs> with will, will get us in trouble because, um, it's, it's a fairly just uh positive statement that we've put our slang onto it. You know what I mean? That's fair. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my guy, man. Mate. He's so, he's, a, he's a real good guy, and he um he actually said another thing to Baden as well. What he did mention, and Baden he came on a show. We spoke for hours off air. He's a great guy. He told me probably one of the funniest North Carolina stories I've ever heard, and you're involved. All right. Oh yeah. <laughs> and this is this is the prank war. Okay. Oh, yeah, we used to have the pranks, man. This we is the prank war. Doing that, man. Which he was talking about with in your room. So it would have been yourself, Ed, and Larry Drew, right? Correct. Yeah, and then Which, I what guess, is he talking about? Because I mean, it was we we. Okay, probably, mate. If you've got more, I need to hear him because I need a we part probably two. pranked each other. Oh. We, I mean, because we live right under each other. Exactly. You know, like, yes, what you said. It was, it was. So I mean, we probably pranked each other. I don't know, man. Probably numerous times, like just numerous times. So he says he said there was one where where he stole Larry's keys to his car right. and ate food in the car. And then they got him back. They got they got Baden back, and that was when they put something in his room. Can you remember that? 
uh what were was it the ferret it was ferret? yeah 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 <laughs> that is honestly he told the story so well um yeah. it is the funniest story i was dying like putting ferret shit in someone's under a bed where right. he said he said he brought someone home as well his girlfriend at the time and she was yeah. like what is that smell that have smell? you got more have you got more oh uh, man we 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 had it was a it was a back and forth thing, man. Just eighteen year old kids being, you know, kids and, and away from from home, and uh, we we did one with crickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, put the crickets in there when when uh, we found out there that the parents were visiting to make it look like <laughs> not, you know their their hygiene. They're not keeping up their hygiene, and, and cr- crickets are just bouncing all over the place and crawling on the walls and. That's brilliant. Um, the ferret thing was probably he probably didn't figure out what the smell was for about he, two three weeks. You know, yeah, he didn't have a clue. He said um, he just you know we did the spoiled milk thing. Um, okay, uh, but I mean, meanwhile they're they're going back at us too. You know, they they had some good ones as well. Um, so I mean, it was just a I don't know how it started. I think you know just us being bored on. Um, yeah, yeah. Christmas break one time, I think uh, we had sticky note at John's car, like just literally nice. little sticky notes. And he has like he had like this big SUV. We filled it up with sticky notes. So when he came out in the morning, like he literally couldn't like he had to take the sticky notes off the windshield one by one. Brilliant. And then he's riding down the the, the street with with sticky notes just on the side flapping. Oh, that's amazing. So I think <laughs> that's what started it. And then they took Larry's keys, and you know. Me, Larry, and Ed, we're roommates, so we're sticking together. And then him, John, and Leslie are roommates, so they're sticking together. So it's like, oh, well, if you, you know, if you're going to be with him, then you're not with us. You're against us then. So now it's a three-on-three war and yeah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, man. And young kids, man. Good times, though. Mate, good times. Good memories. Good memories. All right. So you mentioned him just then, actually, Leslie. Um, Leslie is sent another question. He actually sent a question in. He texted me this oh, morning. Really? Yeah, he he texted me this morning as well. But I need a kind of, I need a little bit more background from you on this question, actually, because so in regards when you guys practiced at UNC, um, uh, and, no, 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 I don't know. It might it might be it might not be it might not be. He talked about the blue and the white squad. Okay. Right. So what was the difference between the blue and the white squad? So uh, blue squad was uh, blue squad is the second unit, right? Okay. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, white squad is most of the time the first unit or who, whoever's going to start uh, in the game that's coming up. Okay. Um, but um, sometimes, you know, you, you know when you get on the white squad, you're like, I'm solidified. I'm definitely getting playing time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, blue squad is like, I'm, I'm going to play, but I, I might not play as much. Um, so that that's kind of like the difference. Whites are the starters, and, and blue is like the second the second squad. Okay. So what he said was, he said there was like the blue had no restrictions, therefore you could have like the green light to just shoot anything in the blue in the right. blue team. Yeah. Right. So he basically said Justin used to go full Kobe. All right, like dunking <laughs> threes, yeah. crossing over, like it was just you could do no wrong. Okay, when you're in the blue squad. So the question was, how competitive was it? for the white squad versus the blue squad in practice? Uh, I mean, it was very competitive. We're, we're just competitive, just people in general. You of course. Know what I mean? um, 
So most of the time, you know, the blue squad was, I mean, we, we had a squad too. We're not, you know, cause it's like white, blue, and then it's like blue steel. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Blue steel. But yeah, blue steel, love those guys. Oh man, they were brilliant. Um, but um, so most of the time, like, we're, we're the second squad, but like blue team has beaten white a whole bunch of times. Okay. Um, white has beaten blue a whole bunch of times. So it's not a lopsided thing. Um, so we're definitely going at it. Um, I was probably on the blue squad up until my junior year. Um, and then around the end of my junior year, coach would like flip flop me like blue and white, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, man, I really don't want to be because my guys are, you know, Leslie, um, Jay Knox, McAdoo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, PJ Harrison, like that's the blue squad, Reggie, Bullock. So like, it's like, these are my guys. Like I was just with them yesterday and like, we were trying to whoop y'all you know, <laughs> me on the white. And, and now I got to, you know, fake the funk over here. Because <laughs> Um, so it's very competitive and, and, you know, one day Leslie might be on the white, you know, Reggie might be on the white, um, because we were such a talented group that, you yeah, know, coach could, you know, flip flop the teams and it would still be even. Um, so, uh, just to, to go back on how competitive it was, I mean, we would, we would get in the locker room afterwards and like, it would be like a real game. You know what I mean? Like, man, you know, we're going to get y'all tomorrow. All right, y'all talking all that mess, you know, <laughs> wait till tomorrow. And then you come in tomorrow and, you know, you're on the white squad and you're like, I can't even, you know, like, I'm over here with y'all now. Um, but it's definitely just friendly, friendly, you know, competitive, um, um, healthy, you know, uh, uh, sharp, iron sharpening iron. Uh, that's that's what I can say. It. Yeah, man, that's great. And as you said, you played for – well, you played with so many talented guys. Like you went from 2009, um, so 2000, 2012 team. That is, that's my team. So that was when, right. when I was starting to become a fan. Well, I was a fan in 2010. That was my team. So that was the what if season. What if Kendall didn't break his wrist? What if John wasn't injured? What if Baden didn't right. get to go down? Leslie injured in the Durham Pro-Am. Like right. that was the what if game. I got a question for you and it's, it might be, because you're a Carolina guy, I'm going to ask you a question now and a question at the end. So the question now is, out of those guys, 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, if you had to pick a starting five out of only those guys, yeah, tough question. I should have pre-warned you. What would be your starting five out of the guys you played with at Carolina? That's tough, man. I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer that it's one. It's tough. It's tough. I ask it. I usually ask it at the end to the other guys. Uh, so I usually ask it at the end, but I've got another question for you at the end. Uh, it's tough, man. I mean, you can't really go wrong. Um, the point guards you got as well. You got Kendall and you got Ty. Is... Both Bob Cousy, man. Yeah. Both both at the time are the best college point guards in the country. Oh, so, good. I mean, I can't go wrong. Um, for me personally, if, if, if I'm playing, if it's me and four other guys, yeah. Uh, um, I'm going with Kendall just because he passes more than Ty. <laughs> Kendall's going to hit me anytime I'm open. He's not really looking to score. Um, Ty isn't really looking to score either, but he he's not he's not uh, affecting the game with his passing the way Kendall yeah. did. Um, I think everybody knows that it's a fair greatest pa- in my opinion the greatest um, passer. 
right. they've ever had. Um, so Kendall's just pure point guard, you know what I mean? If you're a scorer yeah. or anybody who wants to shoot the ball, which most of the time everybody that plays wants to shoot, um, Kendall would be the guy you, you know, you want to play with. Um, but you can't go wrong with either. Um, Ty was ACC player of the year and Bob Cousy and led us to a championship as well. So he's in his own right, freaking great too. So um, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't really pick a point guard. Um, but I mean, like I said, if I'm playing um, and it's four other guys, I'm probably going with, with Kendall. Yeah. yeah. Um, shooting guard. I mean, you, you got Wayne who was MVP of the final four. Uh who can really fill it up. But, you know, you also got, you know, Reggie and PJ and, you know, guys of that sort that can fill it up too, you know. So, I mean, I don't know. You know, the the 9 team are champions too. So you got to make sure that 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 is is accounted for uh, because that's what is the deciding factor of, oh, well, who's better? Well, they don't have a championship and they do. So, yeah. I guess I would go with Wayne uh, the two. Yeah. Where are you um, going to fit? Because you played so many positions at Carolina. Where right. are you going to place yourself? Uh, <laughs> with this group, I'll probably put myself – I mean, if I'm playing with Kendall, obviously I won't be at the two. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if, I, if I'm making this list with me just making the list, I, I probably wouldn't include myself um, because I'll probably go with HB at the three. Yeah. So good. Um, which is tough too because Danny was great. He was all defensive team, uh, played a vital role in our, our championship run. Um, but I'll probably go HB at the three, and I will probably go with uh, man at the four is even difficult. You know, you got Ed, you got John, which they're seemingly the same player. Yeah, um, both shot blockers. I think John maybe has a little more offense than than Ed at the at the time of in college. Yeah. Um, but different type of offenses, you know, Ed was left hook, right hook. John is turnaround jump shot, you know, left hook, offensive glass. Um, so I mean at the four, you know, Dion was very great for us too. That's my guy, Doughboy. So I really you know I I guess I'll go, you know, I guess I'll go John just yeah. because, you know, um, two-time ACC defensive player of the year, the accolades, you know what I mean? Uh, then at the five, you know, you got Zeller, who was great ACC player of the year that I played with for multiple years, mm-hmm. all four. That's my guy, came in together. Um, but then you got Hansborough, man. Potentially got, the, greatest, the greatest Tar Heel oh, of all time. You no, know, two Tylers. You can't go wrong with <laughs> I'll probably go with I'll probably go with Psycho. Uh, yeah, yeah, just because he's hey, he's Psycho. You know what I mean? I, of course, all time leading scorer, jersey hanging in the blue. I'll be a fool not to put that guy on my team. So hey, that's a five. Um, that'll probably be my five. But like I said, it's, I somebody can put a five together with the guys I didn't put together in the oh. game and maybe beat that team. You know what I mean? That's just maybe why that's how, that's how talented the guys are, top to bottom. So. Um, I, you know, Baden himself, you know, he's the two guard that I, I would put on there, you know, um, Mate, he's a couple other guys, you know, like, like Mac McAdoo, he could, he could be on there just as easy at the four. Um, like I said, PJ could be at the three, some team like Reggie. And I think Leslie. we could, I think we could probably put an argument together that you played with potentially the most 
amount of most talented players at UNC because you caught that era. That 2012. Yeah, era I was, was I was in, in both eras. You were in both eras. You you were in both eras. Not many because we have like every four or five years we get right. fantastic, but you caught both. Right. And um, yeah, you played with a heck of a, oh yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. We yeah, have made a lot of great guys. Not a bad five. So you're going Kendall, you're going Wayne, you're going Harrison, Jay Hook, and Psycho T. Psycho T. Mate, if I went back, because I've asked this question to everybody who's ever come on the show. If I went back and looked, that potentially could be the strongest. A lot of people, 2009, just say, oh, 2009 squad. But yeah. like, oh, yeah. All right. Okay, we're going we're gonna to round up before we move into your overseas uh, part of your professional career. But I have some, some quick-fire questions for you very quickly. And those are all to do with Chapel Hill and UNC, your time there. What is your favourite place to eat? Uh, Sutton's, no-brainer. Easy. Okay. Favourite place to go out and drink? Well, when I was there, it was players. Okay. Uh, players was pretty popular. Uh, owners were great. Um but, you know, it was also La Riz, you know, you got Topo, but you really couldn't go there until you were 21. So I didn't really go to Topo that much. So players and maybe uh, it was this club called Pulse, too. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll go with players. That's that's the more that – uh, I think that was it, yeah. Nice. All right. Okay. What jersey did you like better, the blue or white? I like the white better. Just seems like when we put on the light blue, baby blue, people tried to try us more. Like okay. We thought we were like, I don't know, soft or something. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. And so final... I'll go white. Plus the 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 sh- when you got on so much of one color, sometimes it doesn't really flow right with your sneakers. Nice. So <laughs> the white allowed us to just have the accent of the blue, but we could have on like a lot of blue in the shoe, or just a white shoe, or silver, or you know, Man, you, can, nice. you can mix it up a little bit. Because you were part of Baden, tell me. Um... Uh, what's the shoe which is about to come out again? Uh, what's the new cool grays? Yeah, cool grays. Yeah. And you, you got some cool grays, right? Yeah, we got two pair while we were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Bain said about it because, uh, um, we had a little convo with Mike about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. F- final quick question is who do you dislike, hate more, NC State or Duke? Oh, definitely, uh, NC State. There we go. It's just, it's the same thing every time. Players always say state, fans say Duke. I put the question yeah. out there on social media every time. Why do, you, why do you think that is? What's your opinion for that reason? Uh, just just how their fans treat us when we go over there. And, and most of the time, the Duke Carolina guys are – we know each other before going to, to Carolina or Duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're kind of like getting recruited by the same people, whatnot. No offense to like state guys. They're talented too, but – I've only known about one or two state guys before they got to state. Mm. Then it's like, oh, state has so-and-so this year. And you're like, oh, okay, I've never met him before. But, like, <laughs> you know, Carolina Duke, like, I, I know a guy before he – I played against him on the circuit, AAU, or we went to the same Reebok camp or, or Nike camp together or whatever that, that may be. So – we have a relationship, and then it's kind of like, oh, now you're going to Duke. So most of the time, like, for example, Kyrie and Baden went to high school together. Yeah, of course, yeah, from New Jersey. So after, you know, after they play Michigan State and we play Michigan in the Big Ten Challenge, 
uh, Kai's over our apartment hanging out. Like, yeah, we're, right. we're not doing that with state guys, you know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> um, probably state just because of the fans, how they treat us. They're a little more vulgar than Duke fans. Duke fans keep it clean, classy. State gets kind of raunchy. Um, and the players feed into that because we don't have that relationship with them like we do with Duke. So, they kind of get fed into it. And then on top of that, coach really doesn't like state. He, he hates more than, than, than Duke too. So now that fuels the fire to like, okay, then we'll, now we really don't like him because coach doesn't even like him. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I've been told. Coach Williams really disliked them. So yeah, that he, kind he of – dislikes them more than, than, than Duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Hopefully, if it's going well, I'm actually heading to Chapel Hill in January next month. Um, oh, awesome to see the state game, UNC State. Oh, that would be a good uh, one. Mate, that would be my first. Every year's, their, every year's their year, you know. Like, <laughs> they're, they're, like, they're like the Cowboys of, of recent. <laughs> um, so every year they say they have something for us. And, yeah. You know. Nah, nah. I have, a lot of, I have a lot of close friends at state too, like, you know, Alex Johnson, CJ Williams when they were there. Okay. You know, C.J. Leslie, even being from the area, me and him aren't as close as uh, C.J. Williams or Alex, but but great guys, too, in, 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 you know, retrospect. But just their fans are a little... Yeah. Fair. Nice. All right. Okay. We'll move on. We'll move on to your professional career. Okay. And as I said at the start, you are a Tar Heel Globetrotter. Um, I, would, I, need to, I need to try and put together my team. Like you, Marcus Dion, like you've been to some of the most... Country's got to be there. So I've got a list here. What you got? So you went Australia, Mexico, right. Japan, Uruguay, and back to Mexico, Netherlands, Poland, Qatar, Lithuania, Switzerland, Poland, Philippines, Poland, Netherlands. Right. Correct. Insane, bro. Old mate, old to, just to play basketball. That's amazing, isn't it? Correct. Like, yeah, man. Very, it's, it's taken me, I think, 14 countries playing. So, mate, wow. Absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. Where, where was it's a, a generic question? I always ask the guys, favorite place you played? Oh, man. Favorite place I played? Probably. That's a good one. Uh, probably have to go Australia just because yeah. it's, it's no language barrier. Um, some of the same similar foods and, and things we eat. Um, so Australia, but Japan, I love Japan as well. Um, yeah. and, and Amsterdam was pretty cool too. Uh, the first time I went, the second time was during COVID. So, I mean, was kind of stuck in the house, but that was my top three, I would say. Nice. Was pretty cool too. Just really, really expensive. Oh, mate, so expensive. Um, so expensive. And uh and in Switzerland I was playing Champions League. So we weren't there. You know, most of the time we were traveling to different countries, Spain, yeah. France, Italy. So didn't really get a chance to experience it anyway. So yeah, that's fair. Um a question actually, kind of uh, I want to know your opinion on something. So uh being very over a lot of experience in overseas. Now, if a high school player decides to go to route overseas they go australia now if i'm looking at leagues australia isn't the strongest league out there obviously euro league spain places like that are why do you think these guys are going to australia and not coming into europe instead do you think it is mainly the language barrier uh 
I think the language barrier has to do something with it. Uh, this is style of play as well. Yeah. Um, Australia and Europe have totally two different styles of basketball. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Europe kind of like leans toward more of the, the older, more experienced. Uh, we're playing chess type uh, basketball. Yeah. It's not a lot of up and down. It's not a lot of scoring. It's not a lot of entertainment per se. Um, it is strictly basketball, <laughs> no free layups. Don't make it easy for the offense. Um, you know, chess moves kind of here. Uh, Australia is more like checkers. Not no offense, but you know, yeah, yeah. Um, they're just not as um, embedded in in strategics. You know what I mean? Um, so they, I guess, from from high school, learning how to play basketball the Australian way. It's it's no, I don't have to you know change the way I play. Uh, in Europe, you're gonna do something, and you're gonna be like, I've never been told to do that before. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Don't help from this side. Help from all the way over here. And so it's, it's I think it's the the way the basketball is taught and played that make guys go from high school to Australia rather than Europe, because all we're trying to do is find a place we can stay for a year to go to the NBA. We don't want to go somewhere and then it looks like we can't play at all and then my stock goes down. Yeah, fair. So I think Australia is a safe place to go and uh, play get paid because they pay, they pay well. Yeah. And, um, but still look like I looked in high school because I'm still playing the, the game that the pro scouts have, uh, scouted me for rather than going to Europe. And after the fourth game, I'm sitting on the bench and only playing two or three minutes because I can't get a simple triple X rotation, right. That I've never done in my life. So, yeah, of course. Um, Just for example, obviously LaMelo went there and don't get me wrong. LaMelo is killing it. And he's a very talented player. But what would Lamelo have looked like if he decided to come Euro League, or I don't know if he would have uh, played Euro League or Euro Cup or whatever he would have got into? Well, you know, he was uh, he was in Lithuania. Um, yeah, but where, where did he play? Like, because he played, played for a Sky little Cop. bit. Okay, he with Sky Cop, which was like the worst team in the league. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was the worst team in the league, um, and you know he had some games where you know he. He looked pretty good, um, but he didn't nearly look as good as he did in Australia. Yeah. Um, but it's just because, too, in Australia, he's playing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, of course. In Europe, you can you can play 25 minutes tops, you know, if, if you're on a a decent team. If you're if you're on a really good team like Zalgris in that league or, or yeah. you know, Vilnius or, you know, uh, Neptunus, these are mm-hmm. Euro League, Euro Cup, Champions League teams. You may play 16, 17 minutes a game, and you know a lot of people don't understand. You can do so much in 16 or 17 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You're getting in for two, three minutes, you're out. You're in for five minutes, you're out. You're in for two, you're out. You're in for you know three, you're, you're out. That's 17 right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You, know, you don't have a flow. You don't have any type of thing. So you have to really be able to be mentally locked in sitting on the bench. Like I know mm-hmm. coaches are going to call on me. And for those three minutes, I have to get out there. I have to hit my first jump shot. I have to play good defense. I have to not turn the ball over. And at the end of the game, I might have eight points, four rebounds, and two assists, but I was very effective. Yeah, wow. Um, And that's hard for a young player because a young player is just thinking, well, all I had is eight points. I need to play more, you know. Mm. Um, Australia is 
the complete opposite. You know, I played in both. So yeah. in Australia, I averaged 23-something odd points mm. on a good team. We won a championship the year. I was lucky enough to win a championship my first year out. Um, and I've been in Europe, you know, for the later part of my career after like my fourth season, I went to Europe and I just kept going back. And the most I've ever averaged in Europe was 16 points. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking like, oh, well, my first year is no way my first year as a pro, I'm better than my fifth, sixth, seventh or eighth year pro Yeah, where I'm in the prime of my career. Um, but it's just how the game is played, um, how opportunistic it is. You know what I mean? And every year in Europe, I've, Shot close to 40%, if not over 40% from three. When I was in Australia and averaged 23 points, I was shooting like 32%. I wasn't efficient at all. But I'm just out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. The opportunities keep coming. They keep coming. I'm on the floor. I'm playing, you know, 28, 30 minutes a game. Um, and then I get to Europe, and I think the most I played a game is maybe 27 minutes, 28 oh, minutes. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's just a different style, and it's not – for the young mentally, physically, you know, it's, it's not a challenge at all. I don't think, um, especially if you're, you know, gifted, you know, physically athletic, um, because obviously playing in America and then going to play anywhere else, it's a drop off. Correct. Mm. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's why Luca was uh, just phen- phenomenal. Yeah. Like he's different, different beast. But yeah, what Luka, he did. People just don't realize uh, because I, I played against Luca as well. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so all those guys, but they're, you know, they're young, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I played against Luca when he was probably, this is, he's probably two years before, you know. Okay. Um, and uh, it was Champions League. So um, Champions League, Euro League, obviously if you're in Euro League, you're the champion of your league. Yeah. So if you're in Champions League, you're going to play a Euro League team. Um. And people don't realize how big he is. People don't realize how deceptively quick he is. Um, and that's the what people don't understand. Like when they're watching TV and he looks slow, he's not that slow. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, he uses his body well. He's been playing pro since he was 14, 15 years old. You know what I mean? Unbelievable. Um, and just, you know, he's very crafty. And just the style of play is, is what I was telling you earlier. He's came from a style of play that really tried to keep him from scoring 20 points. Mm-hmm. And I think when he was in EuroLeague, he may have averaged 15 points. And that's a lot over there. That's like yeah. averaging 30 in America. Um, so now he goes to America to where it's really an entertainment league. Um, and he's even said it before. You know, it's easier to score here than it is in Europe. Yeah, Because yeah. in Europe, they were literally – come up with a defense you've never seen before to make you pass the ball. It doesn't have to be, well, what are we playing zone for? We're grown men. Or what are we playing uh, triangle and two for? What are, are we, play, Check me one-on-one. It's not like that. It's like, <laughs> look, we're trying to win. We're trying to get more sponsors so we can have more money. We need, we're not letting you score. So you become a little more uh, crafty, intelligent in ways you can score the basketball rather than just one-on-one. Which in Australia, you know, is more of that. Nice. All right, mate. Yeah, it's 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 really fascinating that the leagues are so different. Um, right. Obviously, you would you would you play uh, with Donar, your last team were they Champions League? Yeah, Champions League yeah. and uh, FIBA Euro Cup. Yeah. So, 
And I, I was I was gutted that you weren't because uh, this year they're playing in London, which is the nearest team to me. London Lions. Yeah, that's the nearest team. I grew up watching them. They used to be when I was young, uh, like thirteen. I used to go watch them. They used to play in Milton Keynes, which is two hours away. Okay. And now they they moved to London after the Olympics, after the big um, facilities built there for the Olympics. Right. And um, that is my local team. That's the nearest team to me. So, um, and then obviously I saw they drew Donut. I'm like, oh mate, if that was last year. Would have been fine, but there'll be another time, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, so in regards to Dona, that's where you were last season. Um, what is what's your future plans? Um, well, currently, I'm actually going to talk with my agent today, um, just to see this big transfer period coming up. The mm. end of December, beginning of January is always a big transfer period. Um, to see what happens there, you know, and if, if it happens, you know, I've, I've been con- consistently working out and, um, I'm ready to go. If not, you know, we'll, we'll work on trying to master something else. Um, yeah. as far as just taking the next step. Um, I, I mean, I think I can play, you know, a high level two to three more years, but you know, if not, it was a, it's a hell of a ride. You know what I mean? Um, I want to get 10 years. I'm at nine right now. All right. Um, but if not, nine is cool. A lot of people don't get one. So do you want to, do you want to Gerard Williams it and go to your 40? Oh, no, no. <laughs> Gerard is a warrior for that, man. He's had some, some injuries too. He has. Yeah. Some guys would, would stop playing basketball with, but um, yeah, he's, he's, he said he's going to go to a 40. I think this is, what, 18, year 18 or something? Yeah, oh, year, I think it might be even year 19 because I said it was yeah. 18 to him. He corrected me. I think it's year 19 now. And, um, yeah, he's he's brilliant. I, I think he's so stubborn that he's going till he's 40. He's, he's, that's it. He, no, nothing's going to stop him. He, yeah. um, he, said, he, he said to me, he was like, there's two things that will stop me from till I was 40. One, family, fair. Um, second, uh, Jackie Manuel. And he basically said, if Jackie gets a head coaching job, I'm going with him, is what he said. Yeah. And that's, well, that's that comes back to Carolina family all over again. Right. All right. So, okay, yeah, mate, well, is there a country that you haven't played in before? Because you're playing a lot. Is there one you haven't been to that potentially would interest you? Um, as far as actually playing in the country, I think I've played in most of the ones I want to go to, but playing for a team in that country, I would, I would love to play for uh, a team in France or, or Spain. Um, But I've played in all of them uh, since, you know, being blessed enough to play a champions league year, you have different teams in your your pool play. And then if, you know, you get to a round of 16 around or 32 or whatever, um, you know, you'll fly to Greece, you'll fly to Italy, you'll fly to Spain, yeah. you'll fly to Czech Republic, you'll fly places you want to go and don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I've played in all the countries, like actually played in them um, before a team to be stationed in, I probably would say France or Spain, something France like that. France or Spain. Obviously, Marcus, Marcus Gignard, he, he loves France. He wants to move there. Yeah, he so loves France. He man. loves it. Okay. Final question on overseas stuff. I am a massive foodie. All right, I love I love food. I love food from all over the world. I'm asking for out of all the countries you've played in. All right, countries you've played in, not been to, played in. Top five food. 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 Ah, uh, let's see. Uh, Japan had some very very good sushi and rice and 
Kobe steak and all that mm. beef. Um, obviously, that's where it was originated at. So. Yeah. Um, pretty fresh seafood and all that. I'll put them up there. This is no particular order. Okay. Um, Venice was was pretty nice. I don't know if it was the, you know, the the ambiance and everything else around it. Yeah, uh, cool. But uh, the Italian food out there was pretty authentic. Obviously, Fantastic. really. Um, Greece had some good food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Greece breakfast probably though. Yeah. Not actual like grease food itself. But uh I mean France has pretty good food too. Um Germany has some good food as well. Because you put like you play in places like Qatar and Lithuania. Yeah, Qatar like, really not really big on that food, so nah. <laughs> uh my my top five would probably be Japan, Italy, France. Uh, Germany and uh, Czech Republic wasn't bad. Yeah, some good food up there. I'm what's thinking your, about what's all that the food like. What's that like? What's Czech Republic food like? Uh, it's, it's kind of like a whole bunch of like meats. Yeah. Um, soups. Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't know if I would put them up there. You spent uh, a lot of time in Poland. Yeah, Poland. I wouldn't put Poland. Nah. <laughs> Lithuania. I wouldn't put up there for food. Um, the Dutch desserts aren't bad. Okay. Um, got a lot of good stuff that'll get your sweet tooth. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That that'll probably Australia eats the same thing we eat. Latin America isn't bad either. Uh, but I'll give you four. I'll go. No particular order, Japan, uh, France, Greece, Italy. Five is just kind of like, okay. okay. If we're hungry, we're hungry. <laughs> now, you've had, you say you've been all over the world. It's, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Italy, I used to work in Italy. Um, absolutely adored the food there. And yeah, um, oh, unbelievable. Okay. All right. We'll kind of move on a little bit now um, from, from your overseas. We've been going for a bit of a journey, but I want to throw it back to this past year, um, to 1st of April and Coach Williams. So Coach Williams retired uh, from basketball. In my opinion, he's the, there he is. Here he is. Mate, I nearly wore that shirt today. Glad, all of my clothing. Mate, I'm, yeah, I know. I, I nearly wore that one today. I'm glad I didn't. Would have been matching. Uh, I think that one of the shirts on too, though. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. Really great guy. And... Um, Coach Williams, in my opinion, he's the greatest of all time. He's one of the greatest men to walk on this planet. Um, absolutely adore adore him. Where were you when it was announced that he retired? I was in Amsterdam. You were in Amsterdam, yeah. Yeah, uh, we were we were in the uh, playoffs actually. Okay. Um, so yeah, I had, I had finished the game and and it had been announced, and uh, one of my teammates. Uh, Damien Rudez, who is he's Croatian, but mm-hmm. played with the Magic for a little bit and the Pacers. Okay. He kind of knows like about college basketball a lot, obviously, because he was over here. Some of the other guys are not really, you know, in tune to uh what's going on, um, unless they're Americans. You know what I mean? Right. So um he was like, Yo, your boy just your boy just like walked away. What's going on? You talk to him? And I'm like, Who are you talking about? <laughs> 
you talk about Roy. So um, obviously everybody knows coaches and big on like technology. So he doesn't have like an Instagram or Twitter or he doesn't even have a phone. You can really, he just recently got a phone. You can directly get in contact with him with. Yeah. So I had to text Hoots. I had to text Hoots and say, Hoots, tell uh, coach I said, you know, enjoy retirement, God damn it. Like, <laughs> and, uh, or dad gummit or dadgummit. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, he uh, showed him and then actually gave him the phone. So that's how I had to get in contact with him. Um, but yeah, I was in the playoffs in Amsterdam when it happened. Nice. Are you caught up with coach uh, this summer? Uh, I've seen him a couple times. Um, I've went out to eat with him one time, but you know, he, you know, he's, a he's an in the shadows guy. When he, when he said he was going to leave it alone, he really meant it. He left it alone. He peeks yeah. in every once in a while, but he's not still trying to hang around and, and take up, you know, all the shine or whatever not you know, call it. So I've seen him a couple of times. Yeah, obviously uh, he's highlighted in the games. He sits in his seat with uh, with Wanda, yes. and um, I think it just makes everyone happy that he's still there. He's 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 a, he's a Tar Heel fan, isn't he? He's he's really, oh yeah, he's, I mean, he, I know he's still watching the games no matter what he says. Of course, of course, I know he's still you know gritting his teeth and there. You know that's of that's course. him and nature. Um, but I also know he's enjoying you know being away from it and being with his grandkids and family that. You know, he missed out on some, some yeah. things while he was such, you know, involved in, in the Carolina basketball. And you want, as everything he gave our program, you want nothing but the best for him. He gave everything yeah. to us. So you just guy. want him to enjoy that retirement. When you think about Coach, um, what is a memory, a Justin Watts and a Coach Williams memory that you think back to? Ooh, well, I got some good ones and I got some some bad ones. Not bad when, but when he was <laughs> when he was really getting on me. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, but probably uh, winning the national championship obviously is one. Yeah, for sure. And um, winning the ACC, uh, my junior year. Okay. Uh, probably are the two things that, that stick out um, basketball wise. Um, Obviously, it's a lot of memories with me going on recruiting visits with him and, and seeing other players and doing this. Um, but those are probably the two because, one, uh, winning a national championship, obviously people just don't do it yeah, yeah. Um, every year. So uh, I remember we won it. He, he looked over at me when, you know, the confetti's dropping and whatever. And he said, I bet you thought you would never be, you know, here. You know, you're not, a, you're not in Durham, Jordan anymore. You know what I mean? Um, so that was a memory. Um, and we celebrated the heck out of that for the yeah, longest yeah. time, not just me and him, but just us as a group. Yeah, yeah. So I remember him saying those words to me and, um, winning the ACC's my junior year because the year before we weren't that, that good. Well, we were good, but we weren't Carolina good. Okay. Um, and then, uh, uh, the junior year, we don't really start off that great either, you know, and people are kind of counting us out and, that was the first year he had made me a team captain. So, you know, I, I had a lot of responsibility with, with those guys and, and trying to be a leader and learning how to be a leader. Um, so he, he was putting a lot of pressure on me that year as well. And to, to start off not so good where people are counting us out and even talking bad about him, saying maybe he should mm. give it up. And um, We sat down and talked, me, him, and Tyler, and he was, you know, 
on the fence. You know, we were like, nah, coach, we're, we're going to get it together. And then we turn it around and, and win that one. And I remember we, we were, were in the Smith Center cutting down the nets after beating Duke at home. Uh, and uh, I looked at him, I was like, aren't you glad we, you, didn't, you didn't give it up? And he was like, yeah, man, I, I, it's pretty nice. You know, we're going to win it again next year. And we end up winning it again next year. Uh, but probably that too, because those were just two opposite moments, but they were very uh, surreal moments. Like, you know, you have this Hall of Fame coach and, you know, you're having a moment with this guy. Um, and he respects you, you respect him, and it's all for the, for the greater cause of just trying to get better. Um, so those two for sure. Mate, brilliant. Okay. And do you say he chewed you out a few times then? Yeah, he chewed me out a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, well, he chewed We may talk about that. We'll talk about that. You'll see the final questions, and uh, we'll talk about that in a bit probably. Um, okay. My question now is um, what you've been up to over the pandemic, and that is what's happening. Okay, so that is your Instagram. That is your Instagram live. Uh, what you do, your interviews, and you've interviewed some great people from all areas of life. Um, right. When did that start? Uh, well, it initially started um, about 2017. I was doing a blog. I wasn't doing lives. Okay. And. Uh, People always ask me, like, when I come back from overseas, they're like, yo, what are you up to now? Like, what's going on? Like, just I, I used to get that question a lot um, because I'm not a big social media guy. I'm just starting to get into it. Like, I'm putting myself yeah. out there, right, for people to have a little snippet or insight of what I'm doing. Of course. Um, so uh, one of my other teammates, Will Grace. Yeah. I he's like, yeah. I, I like what you're doing blah, blah, blah. But I ain't reading all that, man. Like, we were just straight up, you know, like, I'm not reading all that. Um, So when the pandemic started, um, a lot of people had already told me, like, you should do a podcast. So this is when I'm Mm -hmm. overseas. Like, my teammates hearing the stories and they're asking me about Carolina and like, man, like, tell me how it was. And they're like, man, you should just have a podcast. You got a lot of stories, you know? And I was like, okay, yeah. I'll get to it. And then the pandemic hits, boom, and I have nothing but time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let's let's give it a try. Let's start it out. So the first person I had on and asked about it um, was Jawad. I was like, yo, why, man, what do you think? He's like, I think you should do it, man. I'll, I'll, I'll come on. You know what I mean? I'll support. Um, so Jawad being Jawad, uh, he was the first guy I had on. And as soon as I had him on – it was like wildfire. Everybody just was like, yo, when when you going to have me on What's Happening? Like, I'm not doing enough. I haven't done enough to get on What's Happening. So after that, it was just easy to get the Carolina guys on because they're just like, yo, I, I want to get on. I want, I want to talk. I want people to, you know, kind of hear some stories that we can talk about. And then it went from that to just people on social media, uh, social media influencers, comedians, um, and then after that, obviously the women are like, hold on, you're going, you're leaving us out. So <laughs> now I'm getting the women on there and, and they want to talk, they talk as well. Um, so it just kind of like caught on it. It wasn't even supposed to be, you know, merchandise now I have and sponsors have come on with, you know, being a part of it. Um, that kind of just 
happened. Um, yeah, I'm kind of glad that uh, not the pandemic hit, but the time that it gave me when it hit um, is what allowed me to start what's happening and what I'm doing now. So, what is what's the vision for it? Where would you like to see it go? Oh man, I, t- a TV, you know, Ooh. big screen would be nice. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, having having you know my own studio per se to. Yeah, have yeah, people yeah. come in and you can actually see the brands like on the tables in front and in people's outfits when they come in if they want to you know rock some outfits i know, yeah. you know that's big with the millennials nowadays mm-hmm. how how flea or how swaggy you are <laughs> uh so um yeah the the whole you know shebang you know the, the tv itself uh maybe not like a first take in general but like okay. more of it's, uh a genuine come on here, be yourself uh, show. Um, so kind of like the show for not to say first take isn't for the people, but like politically correct. Um, you don't have to be politically correct when you come on here, you know, be yourself, talk how you want to talk and kind of like be the people's version of a first take, I guess is something um, that I'm trying to get to, but obviously it's just genuine conversation. Mate, yeah, it's brilliant. And that's, yeah, I love I love storytelling. And that was a big reason why I even set this podcast up because you guys have so many stories to tell. Each, every player has has their own story. And um, it's just amazing just hearing stories. So, yeah, mate, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it will go. Obviously, you're yeah, great. man, I, I'm working on some stuff now. So it's in the works of trying nice. to elevate it, trying to get to a next level. Nice. So obviously, I do have some lives coming up, uh, but I also and working on some people that are, you know, more so beneficial if I had a studio. So I got those in my back pocket trying to wait. Um, nice. So, uh, we can really treat those people. Not to say the people on IG aren't treated well, but I just feel like taking that next step. You know, That's you fair. People that can be in that studio that makes it look, you know, TV friendly. I get that. I get that. All right. Before we round this podcast up, I want to chat about the current guys. And it's kind of a little bit more to question, go back a little bit to overseas. When you're overseas, how did you keep up to date with the Tar Heels? Did you start? Uh, set your alarm. You know, you're setting yeah. your alarm. Big games, you're getting up watching them, and, and you're just a little sleepy at practice. Uh, <laughs> other than that, social media, uh, YouTube, highlights. Um, sometimes Hoots does a good job of, you know, sending you some stuff to where you don't have to work as hard to find it, searching the internet, but it's Carolina. So you don't have to work that hard most of the time anyway. Um, but yeah, setting an alarm, staying up late, um, catching, you know, in the games or if, you know, you have an off day the next day, staying away from, um, you know, the gym itself and just saying, I'm going to be up all night and watch these guys. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's um, yeah, obviously. I've, I've done that ever since been a fan. Um, sure. But it depends on the time zone. So when you're in Holland or Netherlands, sorry, your um, the tip-off would have been around like 1 a.m. And that's kind yeah. of my time. It's most around midnight, most games for me. Yeah, um, I think it's seven hours or when time yeah, goes back, it's like six or something. Yeah, like I think that. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for, for us, for me in England, it's five hours is what it normally is to Eastern time. So my games tip off at midnight. Um, you just do what you got to do. Right. And most of the time I'm up at that time anyway. Uh, yeah. Especially after they... a game or traveling or on the bus or plane or something, I'm up. So, yeah. Most of the time you can catch most of the games. Nice. Well, this season, obviously, you've been in the States 
So how, how many games you've been able to, have you gone to any games? Have you been able to watch many games or? I haven't went to any um, okay. just because of, of the COVID and I've been trying to just, you know, stay away yeah, from nice. as much as I can. Um, but I have been over there quite a bit um, trying to be respectful and, and, and give them their space and I don't want them to see or coach, you know, to see me coming to the gym every day with, with them just out of respect of health, you know, restrictions and everything. Yeah, yeah, um, But I have watched uh, quite a few of the games as well. Um, yeah. How do you uh, how do you think we've been going so far? Um, what is our record now? Are we seven and two or eight and two? Uh, I should have actually wrote that down. Eight and two. Yeah, yeah. After last night, eight and two. Um, I, I think we're doing well, you know. Um, people are always, uh, you know, we have some of the spoiled, most spoiled fans because we're just good consistently. And that's a good yeah. problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think they're doing good. I, I think people have to realize that this group of guys, even, you know, Caleb and Kerwin and RJ, the sophomores, is technically their first year at Carolina. Yeah, good um, point. And I say that because – Last year when they were playing, they, they didn't experience the fans. They didn't experience um, all the other stuff that the college student experiences because they were in a bubble, per se. Yeah. Um, so they're learning to deal with, with those emotions and playing in front of all those people. And although it doesn't really matter, it does matter. Um, uh, so I think they're learning quick. I think the freshmen are coming along. I think um, we're starting to jail and – also, it's the first year on the Hube. You know what I mean? Yeah, of it's a different style and the way they played last year. They're not playing the same way this year under a, a coach. So um, it's really everybody's first year. I think we got to remember that, you know, um, mm. that it's a new era and it's a new style of play. And, and with that style of play, it, it's, it's speed bumps, it's hiccups. Um, and it will even, you know, Next year, it'll still be hiccups, you know. When Roy mm -hmm. was there in his 10th year, it was hiccups, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just understanding that uh, these guys are growing every game. Uh, guys are finding their role, finding their niche. Um, and we have to, to understand that these are also college kids that are going to class every day and dealing with other things, whether or not you think they don't deal with them or not, with girlfriends, with professors, with, you know, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it may be. Um, that they have to deal with that, but still go out and perform, you know, at a high, high level. So I, I'm, I like what they're doing over there. I like how the old, older guys, quote unquote, older guys, the upperclassmen are taking a leadership role, and mm. you know, the the, the sophomores are, are growing up fast and, and starting to be more consistent and and just learning how to play basketball the right way in the Carolina way. And um, I think you know. Eight and two for right now is is pretty good. Yeah, it's um, not bad, is it? And obviously, both championships aren't won. Yeah. Championships aren't won in November anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, that's that's the famous saying that we say over there. You know, championships aren't won in November; they're won in April. So yeah, um, you don't want to peak too early anyway, mm -hmm. um, and then flame out around uh, March. So they're doing yeah. all right. We're doing well. And those losses were against ranked teams. Uh, right. Remember that? Like, they, they were – Purdue 
potentially could be national champions this year. They have a very good yeah, shot at that. Very, very good team. You're saying about sophomores like having to grow up. Obviously, Caleb, RJ, they're the captains for the team. So right. as, as sophomores, which is a massive um, accolade for those guys to have. Who's who's impressed you the most so far? Uh, impressed me the most? Um, I don't know if impressed would be a good, good word, but I love the way RJ is playing. Oh, mate, so good. But I always – thought RJ had a lot of game. Like when he first got there, mm-hmm. uh, even before he got there, I, I, he was actually one of one of my favorites before he got there um, because he just has a lot of game. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's not surprising me. It's not surprising me that he's playing as well as he is because he, I knew he was always capable. Um, but I lo- like the way he's playing. Um, yeah. So, you know, impressed would be more of, oh, I didn't know he could do that. Uh, I kind of knew what he could do already. Um, and he's made, I think he's made a big jump from what he was allowed to do last year to what he's doing this year. So I like the way RJ's playing. Yeah. He's, um, he's been fantastic. Uh, um, yeah. I'm, I, I have compared him to Marcus Page and I've got a lot of heat for that, right. but freshman Marcus Page, freshman RJ, the progression, obviously that is big shoes to fill, of right. course, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's, he's doing a great job. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, in this sport we are in or just sport in general, comparisons are what people, you know, mm-hmm. that's what we do. Yeah, that right. happens. Oh, he's the next this. He's the next that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's just allowing RJ to be RJ. You know what I mean? Uh, that's what's going to make him say in 10 years, oh, I think this kid's the next RJ. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, he's doing a wonderful job. Just not him in general. You know, I like the way Caleb is his progression. Uh, he's always been capable as well. I mean, Armando is Mr. Steady. We know what we're going to kind of get out of him now. Um, Dawson is is coming into his own. You know what I mean? Brady, we know what he was capable of uh, over in Oklahoma. Mr. Consistent, you know, just knew how to play basketball the right way. Um, then you got Leaky, you know, who takes a lot of heat as well. But yeah, he's just doing. He's a winner, you know. Yeah. He he does the little things, the glue guy that, mm-hmm. and you need that. Um, he doesn't need to be a Theo, or he doesn't need to be, you know, Danny Green. He needs to be, you know, Leaky. Leaky, yeah. Um, and then you know the freshmen and everybody else. You know, you know, even Kerwin. I know is probably a little rocky road for him right now, but. We know what he's capable of, and, you know, he's doing a great job. I've seen him in the gym, you know, still, you know, keeping his jump shot fine-tuned, adding ball handling and stuff like that. Um, And the freshmen are going to, you know, grow up quick as well um, with this group um, because they're going to be forced to grow up uh, with the expectations. So all of them are doing well, man. I I went through what they went through, um, so I'm not speaking from an outside-the-bubble standpoint. Um, I'm never going to say anything bad about those guys, even if they are playing bad, because I know how difficult it is to be in the shoes they're in, literally. Yeah, of course. So um, they're doing a wonderful job, man. You know, even if they were two and eight, you know, I, I would understand still what's going on, what, you know, what's going through their head. Um, but eight and two is – I like eight and two, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm pleased. I'm oh, not man. satisfied, but I'm pleased. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I think – 
as you've said before, we're spoiled as Tar Heel fans. Uh, if, it, if it's not a Final Four, it's a failure. Um, yeah. Sadly, that is literally how how the Tar Heel fans think. Um, I'm a massive Leaky Black fan, and I have stood by him since day one, day dot. And um, I think he has been fantastic. It was a Dawson Garcia show last night. Um, yeah. You've got an amazing talent come from Marquette being Dawson, and um, it's exciting. I'm intrigued. With Coach Davis's rotation at the moment, and the reason I'm saying that is just the amount. Do you know what is your opinion? If you want to, if you have an opinion on that, the the rotation he's doing, but we're not seeing as much as Trez, uh, Demarco, Justin McCoy yet. Uh well, I mean, I can't answer and give you the exact answer, but I know what Coach used to do. Um, before ACC play, we're just trying to try, try some things out. We're mm-hmm. trying to see what group of guys play well together, what group of guys is our defensive team, what group of guys is, you know, more shooting here. We we need to – if we're going to play against zone, what team do we need to put on the floor that plays well versus zone together? What five guys, like, mesh well? What five guys can get us a stop? You know, mm-hmm. 71, 72, eight seconds left. Timeout, we need to put this five in the game because we need to stop. Um, rebounding, teams killing us on the boards. Who, what, what group can we put on here that, you know, we can make sure we keep this team off the boards? Mm-hmm. So, most of the time, coaches should do that before ACC play. Try to just experiment a little bit. And sometimes, you know, you lose a game or two when you're experimenting. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get to the, the meat and potatoes of the season, that we used to say, um, you know who you are. We know, you know, Armando is going to give us this. We know when so-and-so comes off the bench, they're going to give us that. We know this person is going to be a great defender and not make mistakes on defense. We know this person is not going to turn the ball over. So we, we're, we're, we're trying to throw stuff in here to see who gels with who, and sometimes it looks very chaotic. Um, so maybe that's what Huber's doing. Maybe he's just trying to find his defensive team. He's trying to find his team that's going to close games. He's trying to find his team that's going to, you know, hit the offensive boards, hit the defensive boards. Um, and then just general who plays well together. You know, mm-hmm. some guys just naturally play well with another guy. They, their game complements um, the other person's game more than it does with somebody else. Mm. Um, so that's that's what I'm thinking he's doing. Yeah. Um, because it's still fairly early and we haven't got an ACC play yet. Like, exactly. Cool. Yeah, of course. It's, it is super early and we are still eight and two and we've been performing well. Like I've been super impressed with how we have played. Pleased is a great way of actually yeah. hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, I think we'll have to see. Um, I think the concern is from what I'm hearing in different group chats and all sorts of stuff is the present world that we're in now in college basketball, someone could get up and leave. Oh, and, for sure. And the hardest thing for a coach, I coached um, at an okay level. The hardest thing is managing um, players, egos, egos yeah. managing egos. That is it. That is literally what you have to do. And now in this present world, so I coach college basketball, but I knew my guys weren't going to leave because they wanted to play, and you can't really do that here right. in England. Right. But um, in basketball in America right now, in college basketball, you can get up and leave. Like, peace out. I'm going to get playing time. So right. coaches. From what I'm hearing, like, okay, I'm talking about Don Trez. Don Trez is, when I spoke to Jawad, 
before the season, Gerard was like, Dontrez is legit. Like, yeah, he is yeah, a pro, fantastic player, massive potential, big future ahead. And we haven't seen him yet. So everyone's worried, like, oh, everyone's saying such good things. Is he going to get up and leave? From what I'm hearing, Dontrez is a good, solid lad. And he's like, no, I'm here. I'm here for the, um, right. I'm here for the journey. Um, I've met Dontrez. I, I don't have a relationship with him like that to to know what he's actually thinking. I haven't been to any games, so I haven't been in the locker room after mm. to see body language or anything. But um, I can say he's, he's a hard worker. I do think he's a pro. He has the metrics, just the prototype, you know, guard for the for you know the next level. Um, and he is extremely talented. So I, 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 I agree with all that. Um, and we are living in the age where, you know, you can get up and leave, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I hope he doesn't do that. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, he has to do what's best for him. Yeah. So if he does do it, I, I'll understand and I'll wish him the best. But, uh, you know, everybody has has waited their turn at Carolina. That's that's what it is, kind of. You know, you can get lucky sometimes and come in there and start as a freshman. Um, but most of the time, you know, guys have to wait their time. So yeah. going back to the 09 and, 0, uh, you know, 2012 teams I was on that people believe were so great, um, those guys in 2012, you know, Kendall gets to Carolina his first year, he doesn't start. You know, mm-hmm. he's not playing. Yeah. He ends up being Bob Cousy Award winner, best point guard in the country, lottery pick. John Henson, same thing. He gets to Carolina, he doesn't play at all his freshman year. Because mm-hmm. you know, Ed's there mm-hmm. and Dion's there. Yeah. And, and, you know, eventually he ends up being a lottery pick and goes on to, you know, play and make a lot of money. Uh, and Zeller's the same thing. You know, Zeller's not playing his freshman year that much because Psycho's there. Yeah, but he ends up being ACC Player of the Year, and he goes on mm-hmm. NBA first round pick and makes a lot of money. So, um, same thing with Danny Greens, and and you know we can go on. You know of what course, I mean? Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, if you stick around, you know, and you work hard, and Lord willing, you know, no injuries, no bad injuries. Um, most of the time, it works out good for you. Um, but if you you know, you're in a rush, and I understand everybody has time on their mind. Um, I have – I will have nothing against you if you go. You know what I mean? So, because I understand, you know, personal issues, whatever it may be. Um, but I hope he doesn't leave. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it's always a possibility with the new age. You know, it's pretty easy to get up and go now. Mate, that was – yeah. You hit that a lot easier when I was than when I was in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you 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 hit the nail on the head. If we look back in history for the players who um, not many started straight away, it is a long journey. Yeah. And um, oh yeah, no, I yeah, they all need to hear that um, for the guys who aren't playing right now. Because look what can happen at Carolina. And it's like we say, you don't come here just for the four years, one year, mm-hmm. two year, what year. This is a life thing. So yeah, hopefully they don't walk away. I don't think they will. Um, but yeah. It's an exciting year ahead. Um, UCLA is this weekend, so this should this podcast should come out just before that. Um, that'll be a tough test. Oh, those guys look good. UCLA is a good team. They won no Final Four last year. It's a yeah. good challenge. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's what you it's what you come to uh, Power Five school for. You know, 
you come to compete, you come to play against the best and prove that you can be the best among the best. So, of course, good challenge. Yeah, it's going to be. We obviously we've got some tough competitors this year. Obviously, Duke is going to be tough when we play those next year. Last year, you know, they're going to be riled up. And they'll get every call, but you know, that's another thing. Uh, of course. Um, yeah, Coach K's farewell tour. I spoke about that plenty. Um, Most respect to those guys over there as well. Yeah, of course. Of course. And they are a super talented team, but yeah, I'm they're pretty good this year. I'm uh, ready for us to ruin the party, where the party crashes this year. Right. And, uh, I, you know, you throw everything out the window in the rivalry, you know. Of course. Of course. All right. Maybe this has been fun. What we're going to do now, we're going to, I round up every podcast this way and it's going to be called Tar Heel Teammates. So basically I ask you questions on your Tar Heel teammates. The answer could either be yourself or it may be someone else. All right. All right. Okay. So this is Justin Watts's Tar Heel teammates. Question number one is out of your time at Carolina, who was the best dancer? Uh, best dancer? Yeah, Leslie McDonald. There we go. You put him above Danny. Uh, yeah, just because I have more, I have more years with less. Nice. I've seen more. I've seen him dance more than I've seen Danny dance. That's fair. He'll Danny's take probably that. right, right there though. Sec second, maybe one A, one B. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, Leslie was the, yeah. the greatest hype guy. I joked with him. I'm like, mate, every time you hear jump around in your car, do you actually start dancing? Because all right. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. All right. No more room. <laughs> okay. Who who was the funny man? Who was the biggest joker? Uh Henson. Henson. Nice. Or okay. or you know what? I take that back. Mike Copeland. Oh, mate. Everyone says him. Everyone says Mike. I've got I should have Mike hopefully come on a show later on this year. Yeah, Mike Copeland for sure. Everyone says Mike. He sounds like the most funniest guy. Yeah. Everyone well, who's John is right there, says though. Mike. John is nice. right behind him. Nice. Yeah, definitely Mike. Who, who complained the most? Who is the biggest moaner? Complainer. Complainer. Not really a complainer, but just like, like he's Whining. stirring the pot too, but like, he's just like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do that, man. Y'all, I'll probably go with, uh, this is, this is a tough one actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me think here. Probably Ty. Ty? Yeah. Okay. I can see it. But he's not complaining. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like either Ty or Dion. Okay. Dion. They were just like, why we got to practice at 7 a.m., man? We can do the same thing at (laughs) 3, man. You know what I mean? Like, but you know they they weren't they didn't complain as in that they just kind of like you know yeah great guys too by the way oh, mate. Nah, Dion's awesome. Um, I'm hopefully Dion wants to come over actually come watch a a, a yeah. football soccer game over here in uh, in England. Um, all right, who was most likely to get to get told off by Coach Williams? No. <sighs> You can throw all of us up there for that one. <laughs> uh, Danny, though, probably. Danny? That's exactly who Marcus said. Marcus said the exact same. Yeah. Um, he was like, every time coach would say something, Danny would respond, like put his hand up. And it's like, yeah, Danny, you, sure. yeah, stop it. All and right. then for the next one, 
Next would be probably Baden. Baden would be right behind. Baden put himself as well. Baden said himself. He said that he went back and forth. The jersey came out and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Who was Coach Williams' golden child? Ooh. You played with a few. Probably MG, Marcus. Yeah. Uh, Psycho, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Bobby. I mean, it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zeller, maybe. Zales, too. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, you, uh, any of those guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, any of those guys. Probably. Any of those guys. I think every single one of them has been mentioned before on the show. Yeah. Um, Bobby, Marcus mentioned, Marcus said himself. Um, yeah. Leslie said Tyler as well, Tyler Zeller. So, um, all right. Final question. As you grew up a Carolina fan, this is why I asked an earlier question. Now, this is the question. What would be your all-time starting five ever of Carolina? Not just the guys you played with, but all-time. All-time? <laughs> so you can either say the best five or you can say your favorite five. My favorite – if we're going just my favorite five. Like your favorite that's five I'm going to go my favorite. I'm going to go my that's favorite five. yeah. And this is how good of people they are to me and, and how good they are on the basketball court as well. So nice. I'm going um, – Jawad is one for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can play my four. Um, I'm going – Shaman Williams is my, my two guard. Yeah. Um, it's my point guard. Um uh, I'm gonna pay some homage with, with Coda because I guess he started the whole, yeah, the whole Lawson Marshall thing. I guess we don't have them without Coda. Yeah, fair. Um, or I could go Phil. I'm gonna go Phil. Uh-huh. Um, I'm gonna go Phil. I'm gonna go Jawad. I'm gonna go Shaman at my two, just because uh, that's my guy and he one of the best three point shooters to come out of there. The two. Yeah. The three, oh, man, I can't make a list without Mike, huh? I know. Uh, so I guess I put Mike at the three. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, – So you got your five. You've been dry at four. You have five. That's tough, man. Go Twan. Yeah, that's a great one. Good guys, Will. Yeah, uh, developed a relationship with him. Player of the year, national player of the year as well. So, uh, I wanted to throw Sheed in there too, man. I wanted to throw Rasheed Wallace in there, but I'll go. I'll go Twan since he's national player of the year. So there we go. So is this? That's my favorite five. That's your favorite five. And that's without Tyler in there as well. Not yeah, sure. I, I wanted to throw Tyler in there too, and yeah, that's tough, man. That's. Like I said, <laughs> so many. I can give you a team A, a team B, and a team C, and all of them. Everybody would be like, "Wow, he's on team C." Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll probably go. That's probably my, my favorite five. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. No, man, that's that's brilliant. Um, we all have our favorite players, and um, as fans, and that's something we always ask and debate with our fans, with fans who is everyone's favorite five. So, um. Being a Carolina guy, I wanted to hear yours. So, mate, brilliant. 
All right, wonderful, mate. That basically rounds up our podcast today. Right, um, yeah, mate, I really appreciate all your time. Good luck with all the future with um, this uh, transfer period coming up. When So it's December to January. So when about, do you think anything? Or? Probably sometime after Christmas, maybe. Nice. Well, I, I don't mind staying here for Christmas. It's, mate, don't I've missed you. a lot of them, so I guess I could catch one. Of course. All of right. course. Yeah, don't blame you at all, bro. Thank you for listening to the Tar Heel Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you want to submit your question for the show, follow at British Tar Heel on Twitter and send me a direct message. And until next time, go Heels.